0: the great pumpkin rises out of the pumpkin patch that he thinks is the most sincere. He's got to pick this one! He's got to! I don't see how a pumpkin patch can be more sincere than this one. You can look all around and there's not a sign of hypocrisy. Nothing but sincerity as far as the eye can see. It's the great pumpkin! He's rising up out of the pumpkin patch! What happened? Did I paint? What did he leave us? Did he leave us any toys?
1: It's addition by subtraction. You start at the tip of the nose and you work everything back in.
0: Paul Dever from Wilmington is the Michelangelo of pumpkin sculpting.
1: I like the wow factor, you know, it's not something that everybody does.
2: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Carnival Personnel Sideshow. I'm Jacques. I'm Biff. And today, um, for a long time since... I started doing the podcast with Joe way back when we've really wanted to have our friend Paul come on. Um, I'm going to let him, I don't even know the proper term for what kind of art it is or (laughs) what category it falls in, but Paul is a world-renowned and champion pumpkin carver, and without any further ado, hello, Paul. Hello, guys. Thanks for having me on. Very cool. (laughs) Um. So we're, we're just going to just dive right in. Paul, how does somebody one day just wake up and say, I'm going to carve Bill Belichick's head into a pumpkin?
1: Because I wasn't talented enough to do Tom Brady. It's too damn handsome. <laughs> 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 well, you got to remember, at the time I carved it, uh, the Pats were just, you know, they were killing it. And I just happened to find this one pumpkin that had that, Sort of a triangle shape, which you don't really see in a pumpkin. Things are usually just round like a beach ball. So I grabbed it and I brought it home. And I think it might have been a Sunday and Belichick was wearing the hood. So I was like, oh,
2: well, there's the next logical step. So that's yeah. And uh, then I came out all right. How did the whole how did you fall into this world? And first of all, what is this world called? What is this subculture called? Um, A.D.D. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> it was either it was either uh, rake the leaves or carve a pumpkin and one just seemed a lot easier to do. And did you know uh, you were going to um, be good at it? No, no. I mean, I've always been able to sculpt a little bit and draw like, you know, like anybody that messes with something, it catches your interest. But I like just about everybody that carves pumpkins. I saw Ray Villafane do it. So they consider him the godfather of it. And it's not like he was the first person to do it. He was just the first person to do it that way. You know, nobody was sculpting onto a pumpkin. You were doing jack-o'-lanterns. And, and at big county fairs, you'd see like the scene and they'd carve butter and all that kind of stuff. But he actually put a face on it and really took it to the next level. So Food Network had a bunch of shows at the time and where, you know, the contestants would be pumpkin carvers. So my wife Lenore and I had caught it. And I just fell in love. And, of course, she's the most supportive human being on earth. So she's like, you could do that, honey. You could do that. And I'm like, how the hell do you know I could do I don't think I could do that. Don't sign me up for something. But, I, I mean, she, so she, I, she got me the, the video from Ray Villain. It was, like, kind of an instructional video. And so I just gave it a shot. And then we had the kids, so it was kind of a fun thing to do, dress them up, put them next to a pumpkin that I got. And then, you know, and the kids are trick or treat and stuff. And then I got a little bit better. And then so it was like three or four years into just doing them at Halloween. I posted Facebook was getting kind of popular. So I put one on Facebook and a friend of mine said, Hey, I just saw an ad for a show that's coming to town. That's all about pumpkins and they need somebody that does what you do. And I'm like, what? (laughs) there be a thing like that? So she sent me the link. I sent an email off to, you know, the address that they said to send it to and i put my phone number in it within five minutes the guy was calling me personally saying do you want to work the weekend and this was at the world trade center in boston now i had never done you know i just put him on the porch post a picture (laughs) i was like oh you want me to come live in front of people (laughs) and uh so i was like yeah i'll you know i'll work whatever you can give me this is so cool this is so cool and he goes all i need from you is your bank account information for direct for your direct deposit and there's this weird silence and i said you're going to pay me? <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, well, I don't have to, you know, if you want to get paid, you're going to get paid. So it was like, I jumped just kind of fell into my lap with like a couple pictures online.
2: You know, you're, wow. you're, you're also a drummer and a performer. Did you have like stage fright the first time? It's like, it's not in front of your wife and kids at home that there's other strangers watching you, assuming that you know what you're doing. Did you, did you have that moment where you're like, I can't fucking do this? Or was it like, yeah, motherfuckers move aside. You know, I've been waiting for this. Dude,
1: that's my entire life is, is <laughs> not letting people see me sweat, but inside going, you're going to drop like a rock. You're going to pass <laughs> out right <now." laughs> You just so, can't let them see you sweat. No, I mean it's it's like anything else. You gotta kind of um, you put your nerves to the side. Even if you fail, who gives a shit? You failed, right? right. But you did right. it. It's, it's like you. Why would you not try something new, even if it is frightening as hell? The the pumpkin thing was cool because there's a lot of kids. You know, it's 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 always a holiday thing. So right. you don't have some art critic over your shoulder being like, "The nose isn't symmetrical." <laughs> so
3: you know? so cr- chronologically too, though, oh. yeah.
1: So, so chronologically, when was this? When this
3: this your first paid gig? What you know about? What year was it? Like it was two thousand seventeen. Two thousand
1: seventeen. Oh wow! So it's pretty recent. Pretty recent. yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I had been kind of just messing around with it, like. I don't know. I feel like everybody, like when somebody's like, oh, you're really good at that. I'm like, why you don't do that? And everybody everybody screw around with this stuff. And then, Uh, yeah. So 2017 was the first. And then the second year I got, because the show didn't come back to Boston because it's so expensive to rent the World Trade Center. Excuse me. The company focused on Chicago. So they flew me out to Chicago to carve. So that, that was the first time it was like, holy, you know, holy shit. I'm getting paid to fly somewhere and do art. Nice. That was the coolest one. That like the first time I went there, I was
2: blown away, and and, and it was such a good time. So that's 2018. When yep. did you do the Food Network show? That was 2019. So that's the next year. And wow. And yeah. so so tell us about like so I don't want to I don't want to you know jump ahead, but you do it. And the the hardest part wasn't the competition. I'll I'll let you talk about how that whole Food Network thing came because there's so many people did it. But how did you wind up one of the four contestants?
1: I so I had, you know, delusions of grandeur, of course, once I once I flew to Chicago, I was like, well, it's only up from here. So I made like a different email address, kind of (laughs) maybe I'll sell pumpkins. And I did. I, I, I did a bunch of commissions for like local businesses and stuff, but I didn't want associated with my normal email account. So I wasn't really hip to checking that other account because there was never anything in there except for, if somebody wanted something around Halloween. Right. And during my regular job, I was sitting in a meeting and not really paying attention as usual. And I looked down at my phone and I'm like, hey, look at that. It must be, it must be like junk mail in this one account because it was one email. And I opened it up and it was, hey, I'm a producer from Food Network. We want to bring back the show Outrageous Pumpkins. Would you be interested? Now, I, that was one of the shows that made me start Carmen Pumpkins. So that was always the goof. Like, imagine if, you know, Paul, you can do this. And imagine if you ended up on the show. But the email was from, like, two weeks before. So I'm like, well, that's my luck. I blew it. Like, I waited two weeks to respond to this person. So I responded to the email. And, and the, the producer, Annie, she got back to me right away and was like, oh, thank God you got back to me. Um, you know, we want to do an interview. So I did the interview and then I didn't hear for a couple weeks. And I'm like, oh, well, I didn't make it. And then all of a sudden I get the basically get your shit together. Give us the sketches. You're in, you, you know, you got to be ready at the drop of a hat to fly to New York. And and that's that was nerve wracking. But again, you don't see him sweat. So yeah, 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 no, whatever, no big deal. Hey, whatever. And inside I'm, 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 <laughs> my wife, she's like, you know, she slapped me around like pull it together, man. You got to get your stuff. So we get to New York. We do the show uh the whole you know the whole time and it all goes back to like you said you, you have those self doubts like uh, what they did is better or what they did is better because you never want to toot your own horn so when i did actually win the show uh, if you ever see it my face like my eyes open like bug eyed wide because <laughs> your I had lost that was the best and they set you up in a way that makes you think you lost because you know when they do these shows they do like three or four different takes of like they'll they all got these little earbuds in. So it's like, okay, the producer will get in there and they'll say, give him a criticism. And you can't hear him say that. They're just like, you know what you really did wrong here? And it's like, oh, you get to play. like, Jesus, I work so hard. And then the, you know they'll, they'll check their air like Secret Service. And they're like, you know what I love about this? You're like, well, wait a minute. Which is it? Do you hate it or love it? So you got that going on the whole time. So when he's like, and the winner is, they had just, shit on me to the point where I was like, I'm, you know what? I'm just going to wait in the craft food service. <laughs> <laughs> Let me shake his hand now. And then when they called my name, so I was genuinely genuinely surprised. And, and um, how how many rounds I got to was tell it? One, I, I got to tell one person. That's, that was the big thing because it was a year to wait because the show wasn't going to air. It, it filmed in November and it wasn't going to air till the following September. Wow. Yeah. And you don't get the check they dangled the carrot like you know if you screw up and tell somebody you ain't getting this money uh-huh. and everybody like not everybody i should say my the boys and lenora knew that i was going to the show so when i got home from the show lenora knew but i was like don't tell the kids don't tell my mother don't tell your mother don't tell anybody let's let's just forget about it so the kids of course are like did you win did you win did you win and i'm like i don't know i haven't seen the show yet and to watch them try to figure out that statement was my favorite part because they're like, oh, yeah, no, that totally makes sense. You're right. How would, how would you know? You didn't see the show. <laughs> and But the next day, my my little one went to school and was like, my dad just won $10,000 on the show just based on <laughs> nothing. <laughs> so I was like, holy shit, I really can't say anything to the kids. Like, they will be telling everybody. No, so I-, I couldn't tell – for a full year I couldn't tell anybody.
2: I, I refer to my littlest one as a security leak. And I think I think that's yeah. how Paul and I ended up crossing paths um, our yep. oldest kids were in the same class together. And I think one of the first days he came home from school, he's like, Oh, this kid in my class, dad, you know, one of you know, it's this big artist and he did this. And I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm 100% <laughs> sure that there's a kid in the, cl-. like the most random of random things. It's like, what? Well, that's a weird brag to make up for a nine-year-old that my dad pumpkin. And then, uh, then we met and it, and it was, I was in that group of people who, oh, come on, Paul, did, did you win the thing? Cause, cause you know, um, you know, Joe, Joe and, and Biff know, you know, management really well and they know she watches all those things. And it was, it was just, you know, it was painful to, for me to wait. And I'm thinking, oh, how are you dealing with this? Um, but yeah, that's an interesting thing. When you actually watch the episode, was it just the four of you? Was it a big family thing which you know friends and the neighbors around
1: well originally i wanted to do something big and um they wouldn't tell us when the show was going to air so i was hoping it would be a saturday and i had a good friend that knew somebody that owned the chunky cinema chain i don't know if you ever heard of that
0: okay
1: and uh they offered up one of their theaters like if you just you know you guys make sure you guys buy food and booze well we'll give you the theater. You can watch it in there. So it this is before I knew what day it was going to be on. So I was planning a, a bash. So, I mean, if that was a telltale sign, maybe that would have been my tell, like, <laughs> not really a poker face, but it was just like, you know, Hey, I, I want the kids to see me on TV. That's like a cool thing for a kid to see their dad or mom on TV. And then when they said it was going to be on Sunday night at nine o'clock, I'm like, the kids can't even stay up and watch it. Cause they got school in the morning. Like we, I think <laughs> I'm going to school late the next day. So I did watch it at home. With just Lenore and the boys, and uh, my mom and my aunt, who live around the corner, so it I, it probably made it a little more fun to watch the anxiety of them actually watching it. Right. Like Adam couldn't sit still; like he had to keep leaving the room. And he's like twirling his hair, and he's like, "Dad, this is too, Dad. I can't, I can't do this. I can't watch this." You know. I'm like,
2: well, son, you sh- you should have been there. It was pretty. It was pretty <laughs> much the same feeling. It's funny because when I watched that episode exactly what you were saying at the beginning, the critiques were like stuff in a million years I would have never pointed out. It's like, oh, on the right-hand side, you could have carved like one centimeter more in on the left cheek, which would have illuminated the back. And I'm like, dude, just shut up. That's fucking awesome. What are you (laughs) talking about? But they did. They had these like beyond nitpicky little things. And where this is a world that most people aren't aware of, the four carvers when they had the celebrity in this realm like judges on. You guys all knew who those other people were and you said like, Yeah, you didn't want to carve in front of him. It's like it's like meeting Stuart Copeland. <clears throat> you know, mm. I, I was introduced to Stuart Copeland in my office once when we were doing a police project and the guy who was my client goes, Oh, you know, Jacques is a drama too. It's like you, 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 you No, (laughs) you know, I'm a wind-up monkey at best, you know what I mean, that claps the cymbals. You don't say to, like, a god of drums, like, oh, he does the same thing you do, and when they brought these guests on, the four of you people were, were like, looking at them like, I can't carve in front of this, these people.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, they wouldn't tell us who the judges were either. That was the big thing, because I was kind of the the token fanboy of Ray Villafane. I mean, everybody liked him, but I made no secret about it that (laughs) I, the the guy was amazing to me. And, and it was always one, I don't know if you call it a dream, but it was like a goal. If you could have a goal in pumpkin carving, it's to actually like meet and shake Ray's hand and say, thank you for doing something that cool. You know what I mean? You gave, it would be like a basketball player meeting Michael Jordan. You know what I mean? It's like somebody you looked at and like, shit, That's what you aspire to be like. I mean, Ray's unattainable. The guy's just a world-class artist, and you can be you, and he's him. You know, you can never be another artist, but...
3: But I mean, you, oh, yeah, you literally—I I mean, you think about—you it. You literally showed up to a slam dunk contest and had a Michael Jordan, show, you know, hold up a ten on you, right? I mean, that's
1: what—that's what happened to you, right? Right. But I'm like the five foot one guy that showed. Yeah,
3: up. but you know, then that, that's you know, when you're shorter, that's why it's so much more impressive.
1: Uh, right. what, what, I mean, that—that's
3: amazing, right? I mean, that—that that is amazing.
1: Yeah, and, it was—it was nerve-wracking, and then all three judges, Mark, Terry, and Ray, were so down to earth i mean it's it's almost like like what they said was we were you at one point like don't ever forget like there was a point where we got on a show or we met somebody that inspired us and we felt the same way so they they put you at ease real quick
2: so you you walk out of there that day you know you won you can't say anything but and that community, those judges knew you wouldn't, did that open up like different opportunities to go to different functions and different kind of festivals? was it, was it a door opener?
1: Yeah, I, I definitely was. I mean, I, I have my gig and I think the difference is, is that I have a job and I do this because I like to do it. Whereas they're all professional artists and, and they did like the, so the next day when we left, I had to leave with Terry Harden and Ray Villafane. We had left and we all had the same flights out. So I spent like three hours with them in the morning and they were just hammering me with things I need to do now that I've won a show, you know, and, and how to treat it and how to, and the whole time, I'm just thinking I got to go to work tomorrow (laughs) and I can't say shit about what I just did. So I'm just going to write notes and say, thank you. Thank you over and over again. But (laughs) It opened the line of communication with a lot of a lot of very successful people. That's what really did it. So if I ever had a question, I could reach out to Ray, and he would respond instantly. Like you know, I have Ray's phone number. That's that to me was the coolest thing ever. Right. Like I have Terry Harden's phone number. You know what I mean? I reach out and talk to them if I have a
2: an now, issue. I I uh, you know B- <clears throat> Biff was with me at a. Uh, Washington football game a few years ago when I was given I was talking to Stuart Scott and It's like okay let me give you my number and and Biff took the picture of, <laughs> yeah. here's Stuart Scott handing me is uh, we're exchanging yeah. phone numbers on the yeah. on the sideline it's like yeah it's like man that's you know so that's 2019 and then the next but, year well before from, we before yeah. we
3: leave that I do want, I mean
2: th- doesn't that mean
3: though like to some degree I mean you kind of have peer status with those guys right I mean I I'm sure you still revere them you know because they are the greats but i mean don't the fact that you are exchange numbers and you have this discussion i mean don't you guys have now established peer status i mean you're one of those guys now right
1: yeah i, I would say that i'll always look up to them and you know what i mean it's just right, like right. the next guy in line but it's it, it makes you feel so much more comfortable to know that they're actually yeah people cuz right. you know i mo, 99 nine percent of everybody that i've met whether it's a pumpkin carver or people we've had on on the the thing that i do have been outstanding human beings like really cool and they're not like hey can i see your tools let's show everybody your tools and they're like no you're not seeing my tools or hey how did you do that (laughs) it's up to you to figure it out we haven't we've there might be one floating out there but right you know i love irish alzheimer's too so i'll (laughs) forget So I, I love having my little bit of something against somebody, but for the, for the most part, everybody's been amazing. That's so great. You know, I feel like I'm in the club. Yep. It, you should never feel like you arrived in the club. You should always be trying to get better. Right. it's was. always good to be uncomfortable and feel like you don't belong because I feel like that makes you a better artist or person. Right. You know, if you're always trying to get a little better.
2: Well, you're right. in the club, but you're still paying for your own drinks.
1: Yes. I still <laughs> got to wait in line. Like everybody
2: else. <laughs> 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 yes, I, don't,
1: I don't get comped
2: shit. So, so you win that you, you're on a different level. That's 19. So, uh, and then that's it for, for it because right after that we lost last year. So you lost a year of, you know, being able to really capitalize on it. Um, what's the next step from here?
1: Well, like I said, I, I, I go to work every day and if i check that crazy email account and i got a little easter egg sitting in the basket i give a call back but i feel like i've i've met enough people that have given me enough advice to know that some things i don't want to do anymore because they've done it and they've regretted it or they didn't have a good experience with doing it so like they like said you, you you won your first attempt. Like, where do you go from there? Right. right. Some people are professional contestants. Like, you'll see them on Food Network on seven or eight shows. And I've become friends with a lot of them because I'm like, oh, oh, my God. I used to watch you on I watched you on this season or that season. You were awesome. You got screwed on that and blah, blah, blah. And, but they're the first ones to pick up, you know, return that phone call or send in an audition tape. Like, people just have that passion to be on television. I mean, I don't Yeah. You throw a softball at me, I'm going to hit it, but don't make me jump it. No, make- <laughs> so I, I already got enough going on in my life.
2: So the last time I I was dropping, you know, my dream squashes off to hang out with your soul crushers. Um, in the backyard, you were there was a you had started carving. Well, you weren't there, but you know your your much better half goes. Oh, Paul's getting it or Paul's trying his hand at this now. What other than pumpkins? What other kind of carvings? Uh, are you, are you looking at, or, or, or have you been doing, or do you want to do, um, or not
1: do? It's a good question. Um, I think you're referring to the, the, the wood. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I have this irrational fear, maybe not irrational of chainsaws cause you can lose a limb. And, um, I've been in, the, I've worked in the trades my whole life with, I've seen guys lose fingers and thumbs and, and so just the thought of, um, Voluntarily using a power like a <laughs> power killing machine to make a cute piece of art isn't exactly on my high list of priorities. But I've recently met some of the world class chainsaw carvers, and they're like, "No, there's these different saws that you know you don't have that kickback, and you can almost draw with it. So my, I would really like to try chainsaw carving."
2: <laughs> Nice. What 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 is the biggest thing you wouldn't want to do? Like when you go to these things and you see you already mentioned it, somebody carving like you know, Abe Lincoln's face out of butter. Are you like, no, that's not me, man. Or well, is you- <laughs> uh,
1: I don't know. I feel like I sold out a little bit. <laughs> I I did a thing for Borden Cheese last year. And uh, Wayne Gretzky's <laughs> quote gets in my head every time. I'm like, I don't want to do that. It's like, well, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Right. I'm like, well, screw you, Wayne. Why'd you get that earworm? <laughs> ear? I got to tell me that. Like, now I got to step up. So, yeah, last – yeah, it was last – so that was – when you're saying we lost the year to COVID. Now, you got to remember the show's tape a year in advance. So it's really this year that's going to suffer. Right. Last year they had another season of Outrageous Pumpkins. But Board & Cheese reached out because of the show – and they were like, Hey, would you be interested in carving the world's first advent calendar out of cheddar cheese? And I said, You do know what I carve, right? They're like, Well, yeah, that's that's what we're seeing. We're seeing a pumpkin carver turn cheese carver. And I'm like, You might be pigeonholing me, like Ron Howard's brother. To be like that guy
2: forever. So Stop right there. Now let's take it a step backwards from the other side of that phone call. There was a bunch of people in really nice suits sitting around a table, throwing shit at the wall. It's like, what if, what if we have um, oh, an advent calendar carved out of cheese, and a bunch of other people said, oh god, Tony, you nailed it. And then one guy goes, I got the guy. Right. right. <laughs> the hell does that like that but, that happened like before that phone got picked up that that conversation happened just like we broke and seen just like we broke it down um
1: it, it, it was exactly like you see in the movies where so i cheese you know how cheese gets you leave a friggin' sub on the counter for a half hour and you're like oh the cheese got all weird so i got five pound bricks of cheese like you see at the deli and you're getting a half pound or a pound right I had 30 of those delivered to my house. I had to buy beer fridges, no big deal. I like beer fridges. It kind of set the to get to get good beer fridges, but I had all this cheese in the house and I had no idea what to do with it because they're not like cut with lasers. They're like loaves of cheese. It's almost like a loaf of bread. So I had to stack them high and wide and figure out what I was gonna do with dolls. I was reaching out to professional cheese carvers for advice. They laughed at me. I was like, "How big is the cheese you guys usually cut?" Because these guys do massive sculptures. He's like, "Oh, it's like a you know three hundred block, three hundred pound block of cheese." Why? What do you have? I'm like five pound loaves. He's like, "Good
2: luck with that." So, uh, I'm yeah, guessing the three hundred pound blocks are, are custom ordered. <laughs> I'm guessing
1: that's yeah. That's and, and they offered to have one delivered, and I was like, "Well, I well, how am I going to get in my basement?" <laughs> like, no, I'll do, I'll go with the five pound blocks of cheese. I'll just figure it out. I mean, I did figure it out, but it was probably. You know, next to watching Lenora give birth, probably the s- second most stressful thing I had to figure <laughs> out. Because <laughs> you're signed up, you know, the the, the the check's in the mail, they're ready to pay for you, and they, they were sending in a video, you know, a video guy, and they had to do an interview, and it was just chaos,
2: but... Is it is it the I, band the Circle Jerks that have the song where the shit hits the fan? And now when you said it, it's like five pound blocks of cheese, to, you know the, I don't know. If, um, I, I went you just the, the words. Remote. Well, yeah, oh, it's could, it's, I, it's in the song like when the shit hits the fan, and like that's the only other time I've heard the term five pound blocks of cheese.
1: <laughs> it's uh, probably the last time you'll ever hear it out of me. That's for
2: sure. <laughs> well, it's funny when you're like you sold out and did. It's like how is that something? That's awesome. That's that's something. That very few people will ever get that phone call, you know, that opportunity. Honestly, I'm just glad I'm married to a good woman
1: because what do you say when you go? If I was single, I'd be like, "Hey, what's up? I caught cheese and pumpkins.
2: <laughs> <laughs> want to come <laughs> back to my, my place? Right and watch me come <laughs> back to my place. Watch me carve some cheese.
1: You know, you want to see? You want to see fruit flies and a guy that smells like framanda? <laughs>
2: <laughs> the sad thing is, you know, do you, do you want to take home the woman who's like, yeah, let's go? <laughs> that sounds great. No, that's what I mean. I'd I'd be like like women become crazy cat ladies. I'd be a crazy pumpkin guy. Uh, um, I'd just be in my house of produce. The, one of the questions that I've wrote down, and I really, I really need a solid answer on this is this world worthy of a Christopher Guest mockumentary? Is, is this a best of show? Is this a waiting for Guffman? Is this a spinal tap little world? Well,
1: right. Well, th- there you go. Are we talking about something he's been in or something he's directed? Because, I mean, I, it would definitely be best in show. I mean, if we're going to talk about a mockumentary, like if you were able to go behind the scenes on some of these shows, it would be more geared towards a show I wasn't on. That kind of would be the next step of the show, which would be Halloween Wars. But my really good friend who I'm going actually out to meet for the first time <laughs> next week <laughs> uh, was on one of these shows. And the stories he tells of <laughs> the other artists is like, holy shit, there's a person out there that exists like that. I got to meet him. I got I mean, uh-huh. So it would definitely be the Halloween Wars mockumentary.
2: So, so tell tell us about the program because you know when when Paul just like logged onto the Zoom with Biff, Joe, and I. You got a whole studio set up behind you. It, it, it looks nice. You got like the Sports Center of pumpkin carving behind you. It's Ladies well lit. You 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 got you got the name. Did you make that yourself?
1: Oh no, no, I have that made. I that the, the, I I know a guy. I, I know, know a guy. I mean, I know. <laughs> a guy. I I don't want to name drop, but I'm the steward. I'm the Stuart Scott of pumpkin carving. No, that's the <laughs> one phone number. And I have your phone number too. That's just... yeah, you do.
2: Um, so so tell us about the the show that you do and how somebody
1: can see it. Uh, well, I do a show on Thursday nights on YouTube and Facebook Live called Carvers and Creators. And what we do is it's myself and a gentleman by the name of Matt Hopper, who was on Halloween Wars, who's a funny bastard and this uh, we have another artist from los angeles his name's mike mondragon who's a graphic artist and just a whiz with the, the Streamyard software and he knows the ins and outs of of all that stuff because let's face it i'm a moron when it comes to things like that <laughs> i mean it took me a year to get this set up we uh yeah every week we do the show similar to what you guys are doing we're an hour and a half live with a different artist every week where matt and i will carve where the carvers is obviously and then yeah. we'll try to bring in another creative type, whether it's an an actor, an artist, a musician, painter. We've we've had some amazing people. Like I've had all three of those judges from my show on and and some just insanely interesting people. You know, we've had we had an artist from Greece. So we had to get up, we had to film the show at six thirty AM. Oh. So it was four or five so three so thirty for for Matt and, and and Mickey on the West Coast. You no, know, I got off easy because I'm a little bit ahead. And, it, you know, it's almost the afternoon for the, the guest, And, yeah, so we've had guests from Greece. We've got one coming up from the Netherlands. A bunch of people from Canada. All the major pumpkin carvers and, and sculptors from the United States have been on. And um, it's it's been awesome. I mean, and I've never met either of these two guys. I know you, you guys are all friends, okay? right? So
2: easy, easy that.
1: with that word we know each other
2: you guys, you guys are all acquaintances yep I've actually I've actually seen biff naked a lot that's awesome we've played hockey we, we watch each other get naked all the time. all the time all the time yep it's uh, only weird if you're doing it on a zoom meeting you know no. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. No, it was, you know, we played on the same hockey team for the last like twenty plus years. But, uh, but, so you're doing the show with guys you've never met. That's fit, and how long have you been doing it?
1: We we started in June, so we'll be coming up on a year. Not too, not too long. Was this one of those it, COVID things? Like one of the? It, it, it's a hundred percent. So in in the uh, artist world, I don't know if I really call myself an artist, but we call this the COVID Renaissance because what it did is it forced a lot of people to to find a hobby because you couldn't do the things you normally did. So for an artist, it was dive into your work, you know? And what I was doing is doing Instagram live, which you can go on, you know, just do little one hour live videos and chat. So I was having fun doing that. And a a lot of the, you know, the pumpkin carving community comment and we'd go back and forth. So as I do, I have a beverage on the weekends (laughs) and I was watching this Matt Harper who's really, really, really talented and funny. So I was having a good time just watching and listening to him talk. And I don't know if you've ever watched an Instagram live video, but a little thing pops up and says, would you like to join the the feed? I I don't know what that was. It was a stupid little window in my way. And I'm like, I'm already watching it. Why do I just like cancel this out? So I hit the button and my face pops up on his screen. I'm laying in bed (laughs) with a buzz (laughs) And so he's like oh hey paul I'm like, oh my god jesus so i run back downstairs and put the lights on and 15 minutes into talking with him, and i'm trying to find a way out of the conversation i know do you notice he has a whiskey he's drinking whiskey i'm like oh what do you got there you got whiskey I, got, I like whiskey too and i have a drink with him and the next thing you know we're three hours in because he's like all right this is going to expire you want to do another one i'm going to start another one let's just do another one." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we, it's, it was just we got along instantly. So within a month, he reached out to his friend, Mickey, in L.A., who has a lot of experience with podcasts and and, and things of that nature, the YouTube shows, and was like, you guys should just start a show. Like, what else are you doing right now? Right. And, we ha- you know, I, I have a nice little Rolodex of people that I could call that are super friendly and helpful and would like to be guests on the show. And Matt has a ton of connections. So within the first two months, we had booked Good Mythical Morning. I don't know if you know what that is, but they're a gigantic YouTube show. They're like the first YouTube show, apparently. I mean, all the kids know what it is. Is
2: it two young guys from like North Carolina?
1: I don't know where they're from, but it's two guys. Yeah, one's got long hair and a beard. Yeah, I know the show. Glasses? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I one hundred percent know them. Yep. So we did their, ha- like, I don't know if it was a Halloween special, but they do a show where they have a buzzer and they got to beat each other to figure out what's going on. They have time lapses, and they hired us, Matt and I, to do it. And, and it was kind of a deal with, like, if you do the pumpkins for us, we'll promote your show. And within one day, we, had a, we got a, over 1,000 a followers in one day. That's nice. Awesome.
2: That's a, so w- what does 2021 look like? Oh, boy. Um,
1: I'm gonna go to work tomorrow. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I, I mean the way the way things are trending now in the US, um, you know, we, we we've done like, you know, a one hundred eighty and now it looks like July, August, you know, even pushing it back a month, August, September, you know, come your fall season, you'll be able to get on a plane and go. Do you think do you think are people starting to talk about things for October, like late September, some Halloween stuff, in person stuff? Uh, exhibitions and stuff like that live that you'll be getting to do?
1: Well, the Chicago thing is like a, a, every year I'm signed up for the next year. It gets bigger every year. So when I first started like the one I did in two, when I got flown out to Chicago, that was a one week show. It was like a trial show. Um, next year was an, a, a week. So then this year was two weeks. They did a two week run. Now I can't do two weeks. I, I, that's just craziness. I, I mean, I'd <laughs> love to Lenora would, would cut my balls off but you know i can't be away for that long so you need more artists and then i just had a meeting a couple weeks ago with the guy that runs the show and the powers that be it they want to do three weeks oh so that show is like insanely successful and i think it's insane insanely successful because of the quality of artists they do bring in and people are actually getting to kind of know me now (laughs) i'm like i'm like the guy with the weird accent in chicago (laughs) me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, so there's that, but I just heard that the show Halloween Wars, that was kind of like the staple for, you, you know, you kind of, I don't know if you made it, but you, you're, you're good enough to be on TV. If you're on the show, they're cutting out pumpkin carvers from the competition. It's called Halloween Wars. You knuckleheads. Wow. They cut out weird. the one thing that is
2: Halloween. Weird. You know, it's like, yeah, you know what? Baseball has too much of home runs. If we, if we, if, if, if we you know, if, if we actually, if we could just eliminate that, I think we'd have something special here. Now that is just uh, beyond wow. asinine, but right. that it's means somebody like, else will pick it up. <laughs> right, right, exactly, but that means somebody else will say, "Oh, wow, okay, well that opens up this opportunity for us to do X, Y, and Z, or something like that."
1: Well, you know what it is? I think Outrageous Pumpkins. So what I did, they considered a pilot, which kind of pissed me off because they don't treat it the same way they treated last season. So mine was a special, like a one, one and done one day, three rounds. So last season was, I think, five episodes. All great artists, and they got a huge budget. But in my mind, you got that budget because of the four of us. Like, people really liked the show, and it got greenlit. That doesn't get greenlit because of the friggin' host. That gets greenlit because of the quality of contestants you had. You know what I mean? Like, right. and, and, you know, Turn Card Content did a great job of putting it together. It was a cool, cool show. And so it got greenlit last year, and I think it got a better budget this year. So I think they're trying to take the pumpkin covers out of it into their own realm.
2: Okay. Uh,
1: but there is a little bitterness there that I wasn't <laughs> – I wanted a belt. Like yeah. Dude this year, Danny got a belt. I want a wrestling belt. <laughs> a belt.
2: And, and then like locally, it's what? what is it? What is that? Oh, like the King Arthur's Fair. Is that I'm looking yeah, at King Arthur's and
1: Carver, Mass. Yeah.
2: Are, 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 do stuff like that. Will those, will those places like pull you in?
1: Can Dude, you, I'm not wearing tights to carve a pumpkin. You look it's fantastic.
2: At you got the legs for it. <laughs>
1: I mean, mm, I, but, I, you
2: know, he got it, flogged it, but it's in a place called Carver yeah. already. Right? Oh,
1: Jesus, sadly, I never made that association. That's well done, very well you know, done, sir. You know, this did,
2: did didn't go to Caltech for nothing. You know, he went there for about eighty grand. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's only because I took longer than four years. Uh, a lot of people go to a lot of people go to school yeah, for seven years. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> uh, Paul, Paul, this was absolutely mesmerizing. I know, I know more in this, however long we've been chatting now, than the the two or three years that you know our sons have been pals. You know, which by the way, I was telling you know my management. Yeah, I reached out to Paul, and I'm like, hey, you know. Oh, or, no, on the email to Biff introducing you, I'm like, yeah, you know, he's like, he's one of the only parents of my son's <laughs> friends who's not a complete douchebag that i could actually talk to for more than five minutes because i do it's like you know joe and i've worked that out you know part of my stand-up it's like when somebody knocks on the door i just pray it's amway or, or, or the jehovah witnesses and not one of my son's friends and and the, the kids are fine it's the parents who think oh my kid likes your kid we're best friends no we are not <laughs> you know yeah um, and, and what's and what's and what's great is like you know right away when we meet you know. Paul and his wife and my wife and, and his wife it's a tiny world no friends but they're the kind of people like oh you will watch my kids for a few hours so I can get the fuck away from them and, yeah and then I'll drop and the, the seriously we you know I love when I see Paul and his wife and we hang out and it's great and it's also great it's like oh I I know he's not going to get hurt here in the next three hours and I don't have to be <laughs> responsible for him um which I think is one of the things I you know I like um but no this was this was a blast I I, I'm really gonna go back. And, or I take it all your shows are archived, so I can like go back and watch a bunch of them. Um, yeah,
1: it's it's called Carver's Creators on YouTube. You look it up. It's yep. it's a it, there's a lot now. We're getting close to I think we're episode 38 or 39. So wow, yep, that's a lot, man. Especially in the summertime, you know, Thursday nights my golf league. that's ridiculous ridiculous for me to leave my golf league to come come back and carve a squash or a butternut because there ain't no pumpkins so you're carving i I know more about produce now than i ever have in my entire life you know it
3: does turn out that there was one year where i carved, carved one of those white pumpkins and those things are not soft like the regular pumpkins
1: they're like concrete Yeah, it's like,
3: what the – I actually – you know, that was the first time I used a power drill on a pumpkin. It's like, (laughs) I'm going to have to get through this somehow. Yeah, I I learned that lesson, you know,
1: about 12 years ago. Yeah, I had to – we had to do it on the show. They had these little ones, those little cuties you see, the little – Right, right. They're the worst. They're like carving uh, plaster of Paris. I broke two tools trying to get through it. I wish they kept some of that in. I like, guys I kept being like you guys sucked you don't even know how to pick out pumpkins like I'm a, I got a pumpkin in a headlock I'm trying to rip skin off and I'm like can you stop the clock so we can finish this this is crazy
3: but so that that you know so going back to that like so, is there something you could tell us in terms of I did not know that they did this kind of shit. To create a TV show, like, as a, you know, we all know, we all see the end product, but we don't know how the sausage is made, right? But yeah, you right. Oh, you yeah. know how, the, now you know how the sausage is made. Anything that, like, really surprised you or that I, I never thought that it would be that, like this?
1: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say surprised because... There's so many awesome mockumentaries out there that kind of like give you that behind the scenes thing. That's true, that's true. When it does happen to you, you're like, holy shit, this really does happen. Yeah. Yeah, the the takes or like um, you'll have somebody over your shoulder being with a camera being like, is it all right if I'm like right here? Does that bother you? And I'm like, no, why don't you get inside the fucking pumpkin? Why don't you just go right in? Do you want the tools? Take the tools. Like, yeah, that bothers me. Of course it bothers me. Or, hey, hey, give give a jab. Give a jab to Frank. Say something. Say something rude, like why I like Frank. Just say it'll be great on camera. No, <laughs> if I'm gonna say something rude, it's because I think it's hilarious. <laughs> I'm not trying to hurt his feelings. I'm trying to rib him. You know, that's just the way it is. Yeah, like, right. That that was the one thing that was like the behind the scenes stuff where they're like, "You should say this right now." No, I shouldn't. It
2: should <laughs> no, and and it's tough because I've been on the other side where I've had to shoot stuff. I did something for. The UFC, oh, I forget what it was called. It was their junior varsity thing, WEC. Anyways, every one of the fighters was so respectful to the other fighters. I had had to go to six different cities, interview the fighters for the the hour-long hype thing. All they would do is talk about, oh, I don't want to get in the ring, you know, yeah, I'm looking forward to fighting Paul, but I'm telling you, he he doesn't have any flaws in his game. He blah blah You're blah. Right. And so we turn in the tape and they're like, no, you have, you gotta, you gotta do something. And I ended up having to call a couple of fighters and say, Look, I'm calling the other guy and letting him know you didn't say this, but this is what I had to do. So if I'm talking, I'm like, you know what, Paul. He's a great fighter. Paul has this attitude where I'm going to come at you. I'm going to rip off your arm and beat you with a bloody stump. Well, we cut off the part where I said – this is how Paul's coming at me, so it looks like I'm saying it. And I had to call right. both fighters on both and it's like he didn't say this, you know. <laughs> and and they do. It was it was really tough. So I would have been with the cameraman. It's like, hey, you want to hear something? To the other carver, hey Jeff, is this? this I, I think this cameraman has herpes. Like, is, do you feel comfortable <laughs> him being this close to you? I think you know I'm gonna have to get a shot after. This. Is that good, buddy? Is it, you want more of that? Because I got 20 more just waiting to go here.
1: Oh, uh, that's yeah. Well, that's the difference between I, for what i've heard the biggest differences is, is in production companies one is more like the scandal they they'll make problems like they'll sabotage sabotage things on set from what i understand and the other company literally came out and said we're not going to make you guys do that we want this to be a family show where they see you guys actually like each other which we do the whole community totally respects each other and helps each other out because all you going to if you can create a like a, a strong circle of artists like you were saying, what, what does 2021 hold? I friggin' who knows? Jeff Bezos could be like, you know what? I got a fetish for pumpkin covers. I'm going <laughs> to buy you guys an Island. Like, I don't, you know, <laughs> there's no, there's no infighting among us. We're just all goofball artists that, that have a, this quirky thing. Like most of these guys can, you know, I, I sculpt clay and stuff too, but it's a different, you're just applying very, basic art knowledge to a different medium. You know what I mean? You can carve mud, for God's yeah. sake. Well, you know, I- what you're into, what do you like? You know, what what gets you excited and inspires you? And right now, butternut squash inspires right. me. <laughs> I, I got to say, it's kind of comforting to hear that, you know, something and
3: kind of a, this industry that is somewhat kid-centric, if you will, you know, the the people actually, you know, are good to each other, right? I mean, it's one thing to, you know, I mean, beauty contests are always ugly and I know it's ugly, but, you know, it's a different animal, but the fact that you are creating stuff that, you know, the kids love and and the people who are creating it are, you know, is a great community, that's like, that's really heartening, right? I mean, that's great to hear. Yeah.
1: The hardest part of all of this has been watching my mouth. (laughs) Because I'm hanging with adults and we're having fun and we're, you know, we're Matt and I just tease each other like nonstop, which is, you know, how it is with your friends. If if it's a pretty straight-laced conversation, you're like, you know what, I'm going to wrap this up. I got better things I could be doing right now than talking about politics with you. But if you're teasing each other, it just makes everything so much more funny. If you're just laughing at the, if somebody gives you a good jab, like a really good insult and you don't laugh, (laughs) <laughs> I don't. Wanna, I don't want to be friends with no. Them. But if you laugh and you you get the humor and you have it, thick skin, I think that's what a lot of people are missing these days: is uh, that yeah. thick skin where you can make light of it.
2: Everything. You no, know, at least once a day. I'm gonna say at least oh. once a day on a group text. I tell Biff that I fucking hate him. At least yes. once, once a day. At least he says something that I have no response to. He, he <laughs> called me out on the shit. I'm in the corner. There's, there's, there's no coming back from it. And the only thing you can say is, I fucking hate you. Or so fuck yeah, you
1: know. Well, like a good response to good morning is like the uh, eggplant emoji and some water. You know? <laughs> right.
2: Yeah, that's, that's about it. Yep. That's, you say, that's when you know it's a light mood and everybody's going to have a fun day. So, so um, if, if, if your wife's like our wives, she will never listen to this podcast. So it's safe for me to ask, are there groupies? Are there like weirdos <laughs> out there who are like – and I mean this. Are there pumpkin carving groupies that – oh, I've seen this person every time I've gone to Chicago or, or or everybody I know in this carving circle said, hey, if you go do this event – Watch out for that one,
1: <laughs> you know? Um, probably in the same way that Comic Con has groovies. <laughs> it's not it's not some you don't you don't hear the click of high heels coming up behind you. You hear like the the big puffy jacket and the the click of the camera over and over again. Hey Paul, can I get a picture with you? Okay. Like, yeah, yes, sir. I mean ma'am, yes, absolutely. <laughs> um but i i am no, I'm, I'm... you do have fans though i mean you do have people that come back every single year to specifically see you it's usually a family right so i mean it's not the rock star life <laughs> <laughs> but it's something you know people. people so you don't to. you
3: don't have m&m requirements and you know stuff like that
1: no yeah. i did bleach my hair one year hoping for it but <laughs> wearing, a white, wearing a white t-shirt in chicago in october is just
2: insane um Paul, this was absolutely beyond awesome having you on, and, and we we would like you to come back on and not even talk pumpkin, just like, you know, rip on Biff would be a, a lot of fun.
3: <laughs> it's, you know what? This is an open season kind of a group, so yeah. It's every day. It's open season on anything.
2: So I will yeah. post all the links to, you know, to, to the website, you know, I'll put up the YouTube link to, to the pumpkin carving show that you want. And any other, you want to throw out any handles like either on Twitter or Instagram, but people can follow you.
1: Well, I got that. Uh, I don't do Twitter. Cause that's just insane. That's a rabbit hole. <laughs> I can't go down. Plus I can't get traction. So I've learned. A <laughs> <of my losses>. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> no, I do Instagram at Dever customs. And, um, the, our main focus right now is carvers and creators, so it's carvers creators at YouTube. Cool. And uh yeah, follow my buddy Matt at Harper Sculpture too. He's a funny bastard. And Mickey, Mickey
2: Mondragon. Uh Paul, this was actually great. Biff, you got any closing thoughts?
3: No, no, it's fantastic. Uh for, you know, it you know, fascinating. And you know, obviously. As a kid, you know, seeing the lame jack o' lanterns to you know what has what that whole thing has evolved into now to where it is like you know these like you, you know you watch that stuff like you know the stuff you see on like ESPN on Halloween and stuff like that on football games like that's like freaking amazing stuff. I mean, so th- this is you know it's it is a really different world now. So you know, kudos to you, man! Amazing stuff. I appreciate that very
1: much. I appreciate you guys having me on. This was really really fun. <laughs> Uh, don't. Forget. I knew it was going to be fun, though, jokes. Yeah. I knew. Oh it
2: was yeah, no. I, I I told you, Biff is the funniest guy you're ever going to meet. You know? And I was. That's right. actually not
1: what he said. No. He said like, he yeah. He said, I, I hate this guy, and I'm the funniest guy on the yeah. planet. <laughs> That's a very small
2: planet. Did <laughs> I mention it's an open season all the time? <laughs> all the time. You um, may have. All right. Well, thank you, Paul. And don't forget.
0: It's good I'll run away It's bad I'll have to quit Far, far better off if you just rinse and